one minus tan same. over one plus tan 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 minus tan over one plus tan tan. <laughs> it was it was a trigonometry song, and it was I don't remember which equation, but I do remember the song. I was so good at math at one point in time. I was in like I'd get A pluses like all of my math classes. I used to do all this like calculus, multivariables stuff in college, especially. I haven't used math in like eleven years. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm an says, engineer. Says the engineer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like an engineer, math and uh, I mean, I use it math, but it's like mostly algebra. It's like mostly like trying to figure out relations between things that are like pretty simple, and I just like basically algebraically figure out my function. Then I use computers to like actually model the function with data and everything else. And so I remember in practice all of like the mathematical concepts that were like really you know, driven hard into my brain through like repetitive practice of like solving hard math problems. See, that's the thing about engineering. Like they scare away kids in engineering school by basically setting them up to think that engineering is solving tons of incredibly difficult math problems, but it's not. And then they say stuff like, if you don't remember this uh, formula, the next bridge you build will kill (laughs) 10,000 people. It's like you, you're going to be in like uh, in some sort of situation where you're going to have to memorize this formula instantly and use it yeah. to like make a decision. Yeah, like and I'd, then like and it's not going to work, and you're going to get this equation wrong, and people are going to die. Yeah, <laughs> like what? That's, that's, that's impossible. <laughs> I, I, I think they're trying to like. You I know, mean, bridges do fall. And, yeah, 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 but yeah. it's not because someone not like, because somebody didn't, didn't memorize did, an yeah, equation or, or didn't pay attention in class, right? It's, well, because, it, it's because someone like value engineered away. Uh, the rivets and now it's all welded together and it yeah. expands in, in summer and falls apart. But there is that level of gross negligence um, that does occasionally happen and has resulted in like lots of deaths and stuff. And I think like there was somebody had a tweet or whatever about how they had to grade inflate as a professor because they were, you know, the, the, the faculty or like the uh, administrator of the school came and basically pressured them was like, yeah, just like let this person pass, blah, blah, blah. They're like, important or whatever there was like you know some type of it's like the king of the hill episode yeah where peggy has to pass the football player yeah Yeah. it's like passing the football player but the guy was a civil engineer and in the tweet was like every time i I drive over a bridge i think of that student you know and it's like the doing the math isn't the thing that will keep you from making a bad design that breaks it's being able to do the math or not being yeah. able to do the math, like in terms of knowing the stuff, like how it all works. Like, oh, you had to figure out how to design uh, gears and the teeth of gears and how the angle of the different teeth in certain ratios, you had to figure out how much torque would happen until it would shear off like the tooth from the other tooth, and, like figure out exactly like the me- failure mechanisms. I'm never going to design a gear my life most likely like that i just needed to be able to prove that i could do that if given like you know a week of study prep time and like be able to like do out all the math and like get the right answer but like i don't know like none of that has been useful in most of thanks america's teachers for (laughs) fucking lying to us you start off with lying to us about santa claus early on any listeners who don't know about santa i'm sorry if you're listening with kids this is Ironweeds. This, Iron- <laughs> this is Ironweeds. Santa Claus doesn't exist, and your teachers are lying to you. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Maybe sure. about Santa Claus, but probably also about like math and and that the world is a globe and stuff like that. <laughs> You're gonna get us in trouble. We're gonna get between the the ticks and and this. We might get an audience that we're not ready to deal with. Yeah, yeah. No, the, yeah. I love that Street Fight really com- committed to the whole flat earther thing. 
Like I, I, I was always, you know, when I first started listening to them, I was like, wait, are they like really flat earthers? And they're not, but they, they, uh, they like the, a lot of the things about the flat earth. Like you were talking about, I think, um, on one of the earlier episodes about, uh, how comforting it is for people to believe like we're in this, you know, Petri dish yeah, and that we're all in it together and like that somebody know. made us and presumably cares about us. Yeah. And, we and, hope. and, and uh, the evidence doesn't seem to support that. In uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I'd agree. <laughs> we're, we're at the very best, like, uh, uh, someone in, having like deep senior itis with like a final project and that final project <laughs> is earth. Oh man. <laughs> shit. And they're just like, Oh shit. I forgot. I don't, I'm so hung over. I don't really feel like what's going on. Like, Oh, why is that? Uh, what, what, why is that game show host president of the powerful country? Shit. <laughs> I, I, I need to believe that enough so that I can, I'm officially a flat earther now, just so that I, I wrote a essay once See, about com- how it's comforting. Yeah. I, I wrote an essay once about how Donald Trump was proof that we are living in a computer simulation, which you can find the one, essay yeah. by Googling Donald Trump is proof that we're living in a computer simulation. Cause that's the title of the piece. Oh yeah. I'm going I'm to read um, that for next episode. Yeah. yeah. It's my only regret is that I, a lot of stuff that I wrote prior to the election was more flippant than I wish it had been mm. um, because now I know that Trump got elected. Yeah. But, and, uh, most of us didn't actually think it would happen. You know, I remember the, 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 the consensus on that opinion in like the months leading up, it was always like about just, you know, how much of a margin Clinton was going to like be handed the presidency. Like, I don't remember almost anybody being like, oh no, she's going to lose. I mean, a lot of people of color were and said so loudly and often. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think it's just something that a lot of us took for granted because we listen to polls and polls aren't. They don't mean anything anymore. Yeah. David and I were talking about that on the way over here uh, about Mueller. Oh, yeah. The Mueller testimony, because it's like what whatever the Democrats thought they would accomplish with pulling him in front of these committees, uh, they did not. I guarantee that um, because they wanted to get a soundbite from him that would sort of say something really definitive. And instead, he gave all of these terse one or two word answers or said uh, that's in the report or I'm not going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And other than that, he gave very little in the way of sound bites. But what the Republicans gained is that he looked kind of like shit. He didn't look like he He definitely like he did was... not look like he does in the Krasenstein comic book where he's like all ripped. And... Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely did, did the upsell. Yeah, t- turn, t- yeah, it turns out that was not historically <laughs> accurate. Did the Krasensteins get in trouble for something? Like, re- uh, they were kicked off Twitter. Oh, yeah, for what? from Twitter. I... I, I don't I, think I it was for posting anything offensive. I think it was yeah. like they were like trying to manipulate followers or whatever with like bots or yeah. pay, pay for followers or something like that. I have no earthly idea. Oh, anyway. Yeah. But yeah, it was funny. CNN uh, retweeted that image of the uh, the the uh, bare chested buff uh, Daddy Muller with his hands crossed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> During their, their <sighs> uh, live coverage or whatever. Which oh, man. <laughs> how about the seal behind Trump? Did you guys see this? No. Some artist years ago, like I think it was 2016 or something, he created this parody of the presidential seal. And it says like, uh, oh, I'm going to have to think. It's got wads of cash in one claw and golf, um, clubs. golf clubs in the other. Yeah. yeah. And, and then it says like. Uh, and I, it got I, played on a video behind him when he was speaking somewhere. I don't even remember where. Yeah. It said something about like, I'm a Russian puppet or whatever, or, or instead of. Um, 
uh, there, yeah, there's some Russia symbol involved. I don't know if it was like it was a backwards R. It was like the double-headed a... eagle instead of the regular. It was the double-headed uh, eagle. Yeah. There was, I think, there was like a hammer and sickle somewhere on it. But yeah, so so somebody was just so drawing? like majorly red baiting shit. But it was yeah, it was an artist. Um, and he said that he took this image off the internet like a couple of years ago. It had been on his website for a while, and then he took it down. And that there's no way that somebody accidentally uploaded that because you would have to have the image somehow. Yeah, yeah. You, huh. yeah. you have to have found it. Oh, right, right. Yeah, that's um, interesting. I, I like when art uh, artists troll people, like the Banksy that uh, was in the frame that uh, when it sold for some crazy amount of money at an auction, the second the gavel like came down, it uh, shredded, shredded itself. itself yeah. It yeah. like was it had a shredder built into the frame, which then increased the value of it. <laughs> right. right, yeah. Because now the art, because now the art piece isn't just like the thing in the frame. It it's, was the it's, event. It should have been yeah. destroyed yeah. completely. Like yeah. nothing yeah. left. It like, should have detonated left. the room and just killed everybody. <laughs> yeah, again. right. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I kid. I kid. Uh, there, there is a. Uh, I'm not going to remember the name of it. It was something like. Um, infinite motion machine or something like that it was like the, some pretentious title of it and it's a uh, literally a black box uh with a ethernet cable plugged into it and and it sells itself on ebay <laughs> and uh and once you win it you, you have pl- to you, you plug have, it you, in you and have to, just... yeah you actually have to sign something that says you have to plug it in yeah so that it will put itself back up for auction and it's just like it's something that you by definition like legally and technologically cannot own the whole time is it, it it just keeps selling itself and and it does it uh, is it starting the same bid every time or does it I, just I think, escalate i think it price? escalates yeah oh wow yeah, that's gonna so be a very like, how much do people pay for it to, uh, well, uh, to, ten, to i think own. it was like tens of thousands of dollars what the know. fuck why yeah because well it, this it, is like a chain who letter. are these people <laughs> rich people so is anybody like just uh taking all this money and running with it like is it oh it, yeah i don't know so yeah no, who gets all this money it goes to the the artist of course this guy's a fucking genius well, well yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So, so you buy it, and then you don't even get to sell it and keep whatever it's worth. I don't think so. No, because if that was the case, it would be a good that's investment. Part of the art, It'd because be interesting. You'd, you'd always be able to sell it at a higher price than you Not got. Not necessarily. Right. So well, one day until, everybody yeah. can stop giving a shit, and now you spent twelve thousand dollars on this thing. That... Yeah, and it's called Bodie McBoatface for some reason. <laughs> no, the <laughs> internet just decided. You know. Isn't that the way like most pyramid schemes work? It's just like eventually a whole bunch of people who are like the last entrance entries to the the scheme just are the ones that like hold the bag and enrich everyone above them. Yeah, I mean, it happens. It's not even like eventually. It happens pretty quick in most of these multi level marketing schemes, or most of the economy. You know, yeah, like the the housing sector. I think you just described the housing sector. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> it was like the last people, <laughs> last people into it got held, uh, left holding the bag. That is perfectly describes the 2008 collapse. I, I gotta say, is uh, I, I woke up and I literally laughed out loud uh, reading your tweet today about Kamala Harris's um, uh, student loan forgiveness program that is so means tested that it barely fit, fit into a tweet. Yeah, yeah. Well, you should pull, a, pull that up. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's a, was, a very funny uh, uh, tweet from Kamala Harris. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. She says, uh, "Yesterday, I announced that as president, I'll establish a student loan debt forgiveness program for Pell Grant recipients who start a business that operates for three years in disadvantaged communities." <laughs> Like, so incredible. At this point, why don't you just say, we're going to give this to 60 people. Everybody line up. Eeny, meeny, miny, moe is what we're doing here. Yeah. Like, it's just, you're so obviously trying to restrict 
and create this huge bureaucratic apparatus yeah. that now is just full of government workers who have to figure out who is allowed to get this paltry sum of money. Yeah, yeah I, I, th- and, I want people to, to debate this on stage. I want people to, if Kamala Harris thinks that the American economy is going to tank if, you know, um, like either Warren or Sanders goes through with their plan of like eliminating all like standing student debt, because it's obviously a bubble. It's like a huge bubble. Like we have like um, over a trillion dollars in student debt on the books in America. Yeah. And the question uh, is, it should be debated, like, forgiving this debt, will it do more harm to the financial system and, and sector than it will do good in the ability of all of these people who were in debt to now not be and be able to invest their earnings and things that actually generate the economy. You look at all the colleges and stuff and what they're spending their money on and like these, you know, huge uh, campus renovation projects that like, you know, with big like reflecting pools and like all this like totally... Impact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, like what it was Digging impact, an like $50 million or something. Yes, yeah, so it was, it was, the, it required the largest private gift to a college in history to, to be built. And it's, it was still over budget. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a performing it's arts thousand. center. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's an experimental performing arts yeah, center, but it's still... A, it, it's a magnificent accomplishment yeah. in physical, like, space, and the programs that they have there are really awesome, and it's like, okay, now that we, we have this thing, it's like we should definitely, like, try and make the, the most, most of it, of you know? Yeah. But it's also a really expensive place to maintain, Yeah, you know? Like, you yeah. have to have tons of engineers to run those 360 projection like theater uh things to keep everything uh up and running and to design and build in like all these like artists like installations and everything and I, like, I've, heard, I've heard two things from artists about working at impact that were negative one was that like you live in upstate new york and so like your artist community is kind of shallow which uh uh um you know and, like art doesn't happen in a vacuum and, and mm-hmm. impact is created like you could make art like you make science where you just like you need you have the sufficient tools and then it just happens although you know science needs a community also uh but the second thing that i find almost you have like ironically funny is that uh it's such a advanced building that the art that they create in it usually can't be made elsewhere like, yeah, yeah, because yeah. he's like, like nothing else. Nothing else has, nothing RPI's else has literally fucking yeah, patenting yeah. your your one. Well, yeah, not only will they, pro- yeah, not only will RPI probably patent your stuff <laughs> without your consent, but it'll also, um, yeah, you just well, they like, do practically anyway. Yeah, if you can only, they do. If you can only perform it here. Yeah, yeah, and then they, but they are at least practically doing it. Yeah, but, or or at least driving the industry. I think of the, of the real tragedy sort of, of MPAC is that when you're downtown looking at MPAC, it's fucking ugly as hell. Really, you think it's ruined? I think it's so hideous. I think. Pretty, that big glass square that just sticks out of the hillside. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't know. I sort of it, 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 it smacks of like the '60s futurism that was like. Yeah, you know, I hate that stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's why I hate it. But I it's hate like that the, it, okay. So what we're talking about, listeners, is this like big gleaming glass and steel aluminum uh, structure that is uh, holds a big like wooden boat looking like egg when, like when, just uh, my, uh, uh, a, a, a wooden shape on the inside. A professor in my department, uh, Langdon Winter, who probably a lot of people who listen to this would, uh, you know, if you're into like the politics of technology, you've probably read something of his. But uh, he would describe it as, you know, he's uh, in his typical Langdon fashion. You're like, uh, I've been told by architects that every building asks a question. <laughs> and so when I look at MPAC, the question I think it asks is, can you fit 
a 16th century Spanish galleon into a 1980s office building? (laughs) (laughs) And the answer is a resounding yes. Yeah, if anybody wants to see this and you're not familiar with it, if you're from Troy, you know what it is. But if not, just search uh, RPI MPAC and you'll get a nice EMPAC. So one great thing about it is that inside, because it's this big glass structure and um, it faces like the sun setting in certain parts of it. So in the evening, it gets super fucking hot in the summer from all of this light just shining into this fairly like yeah, horizontal open air light coming place. right in. Yeah. The thing that is probably, it, like, if you had to invent a building that was the hardest to air condition. <laughs> See, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. Is like, yeah. it, yeah. You know, and it's in a place that really, like, you have to have climate control to have any kind of building efficiency because yeah. it's yeah. the fucking Northeast. But, yeah, I hate impact. <sighs> you know what else I hate? What? Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, geez. Fair. I don't like him. That's fair. I don't think he's a good... He doesn't seem to me like he's a good person. <sighs> that sounds like a controversial take. Yeah, well, that's... I'm I'm sticking to it. That's... I, I wasn't convinced at first, but now I am. Yeah, yeah. I've I've brought you over. Yeah, yeah, through the through just like the sheer force of your compelling argument. Yeah. I Have made guys... lots of good points. In fact, I didn't care about my feelings, so I changed my feelings <laughs> to fit the facts that right. you laid out. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of all these facts, have you guys been uh, following the recent developments? A little bit. I know he was found in his, wherever he's being detained, his cell. He was found in his... Yeah, yeah, in his uh, cell. He I think was he's found in, in his Manhattan cell. Right now. Right, like in Manhattan. With some kind of like injuries to his to his neck or his throat, either yeah. self-inflicted or, yeah, or it was caused reported by someone else. As a, a potential suicide attempt, but they're not ruling out foul play. And there was like this crooked cop who's like facing the death penalty for... Uh, murdering four people, a quadruple homicide that he covered up or tried to cover up, got caught in the act, burying the bodies in his backyard. Rookie and, numbers. Rookie numbers, yeah. cop. Rookie numbers. And so he's like mom Who am I supposed to fucking root for in a in a battle between a cop and Jeffrey Epstein? Like, <laughs> a, a murderous cop. A uh, murderous tied cop. Tied to the mob yeah. and Jeffrey Epstein. I, I think Ew. that like ultimately the, the, the most, you know, quote unquote justice that can be done would be letting Jeffrey Epstein like die, you know, squeal if he can. Like, what other, you know, billionaires are, like, implicated in this, like, you know, child rape circle, like, cabal? Um, You know, I think that it would be really beneficial to society if we, like, figure that out. Yeah. No, I definitely think we need to figure them out. Uh, but do do any of us really think that anything substantive will, will could possibly come out of any of this? Uh, like, you know, it, like, are the rich and powerful going to face any consequences? Do we still live in a world where that's possible? Oh, yeah, sure. Because like when the Panama Papers came out, they were like, oh, wait, never mind. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because of all <laughs> yeah. those consequences of yeah. the Panama Papers. Right. Yeah, but that mean, changed the world, obviously. Cool. Yeah. We're, we're well, living in a different... It's, it, it, it's almost like, you know, our democratic uh, republics are really, you know, more of a farce in, uh, in a way to keep our societies like really satisfied and like, um, you know, easily uh, maintained uh, for the interests of the ruling class, which apparently is uh, a vampiric um, pedophile uh, cabal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pretty dark stuff. Uh, so apparently um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein got all of his, his money. Like from like a mysterious uh, investment banking scheme. So even though he was doesn't have a degree and he went to like dropped out of two college uh, attempts, he was teaching uh, high school mathematics at the Waldorf School, like this like private school for like the upper crust. It is what it sounds like. Yeah, the and, Waldorf School. And uh, <laughs> alle- allegedly, like the CEO of uh, Bear Stearns, uh, the real estate uh, uh, banking system. 
had a daughter that was in Epstein's class and like during a parent teacher conference, allegedly like extended in a job offer to work as a uh, investment banker. And then, so this child hired Jeffrey Epstein to be an investment banker. No, no, the parents of the child. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the CEO, uh, the CEO, it's a better of, story if it's is, a child, the CEO or is in much, fact, much worse story. So, oh yeah. Well. So the CEO is in fact the father of our, uh, current attorney general. That's weird. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's totally bizarre. And like just trying to think about it and its implications sort of like makes my brain melt. Um, so basically this fin- this like financier says, take all this money and what management? Yeah, yeah. He it? says, he says you, you're clearly a mathematics genius, you know, <laughs> teaching my, my daughter so well in this high school, um, you know, uh, math teacher setting. Um, so she got a B I, in algebra last semester, so you are clearly doing a bang-up job. So, you know, here, go ahead and invest my billions of dollars. And very quickly, um, Epstein became a billionaire himself through this, you know, um, investment system, I suppose. And then within three years, he was, like, made partner. And then he um, ended up starting a billionaire uh, investment club that was – you had to have a billion in assets to invest – not like you had to invest a billion in assets, but you had to like prove that you had personally a billion in assets to like get in. So it's like this giant <laughs> like strange. gatekeeping where all of the financial and otherwise uh, data associated with this organization is just like completely opaque to the public. So it's like this mysterious billionaires club that, uh, you know, fraternizes with this like known child pimp. And it's it's really dark stuff. Uh, Man, capitalism is so rational. Yeah, but like <laughs> it's just it, such a rational system. It, 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 and it, what's 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 really uh, interesting to see if this gains any legs is that it like cuts both sides of like the political spectrum in terms of power. Like you know, Bill Clinton was on Jeffrey Epstein's uh, uh, plane, the Lolita Express, that went to his like private sex island. Well, um, and as Pelosi's daughter warned us, our faves, some of her faves, we oh have found God. some of our faves to be problematic in this whole F. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm holding out hope that Chris Tucker uh, is innocent of his alleged uh, involvement. Do you think that's like a disinformation project? Who to knows? Who knows? Maybe, you know, it, it's drive like... Drive down it, support for rush hour? If you were Jeffrey Epstein and like a known like f- child's like pe- pimp, you know, pedophile pimp to the ruling class, like you'd probably want to like throw in some legitimate, maybe uh, good uh, fortune, good grace efforts for the public consumption, if you were ever to be caught. So they were on like some like Africa saving mission or something um, when they went down there. Uh, It was like Bill Clinton uh, and Chris Tucker and uh, Epstein and somebody else. But anyway, Bill Clinton was on those flight logs 26 times or 29 times. Yeah. Like some some incredibly high. At least four times too many, I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Epstein has spent over a decade just dining off of all of these contributions that he made in the aughts to like Harvard and a couple other places. And he wasn't even like after he got out of uh, quote unquote jail in 2010, he wasn't even like doing any more philanthropic work after that. He was just still using his previous philanthropic work. As to as like a status symbol to throw around among these social elites, and that was how he sort of maintained or rebuilt his reputation after all of it. He's just a shit. He's he, he's involved with the British royal you, family. Yeah, I know. You would think the pedophilia in and of itself would be enough to make him a shady figure, but he's just he's extra. He's he's got a lot of other weird shit going on. That reminds me of a uh, uh, Steven Pinker's like telling on himself excuse for why he was 
like around Jeffrey Epstein. It was like he was just everywhere. He funded all of my stuff at Harvard. <laughs> right, like, yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, then that's fine, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Oh, if he just funded all your stuff, then like you know that's that's the game. You know, hate and he, the and he was don't really, hate the player, hate yeah, the game. You know, <laughs> but for the record, he was a really rude party guest. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, you know. We, we did not get get along very well at the at the charrettes. <laughs> I, that video of uh, him and Trump in Mar-a-Lago, where Trump is like dancing and laughing, is utterly horrifying. Yeah. Uh, be, not you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, the pedophilia is disturbing. Yeah. But watching Donald Trump dance and laugh, yeah. it, it looks like you he's can't about get to that. Eat. You can't erase that once it, you've seen it. It looks like he's about to eat someone. He does. Like he runs to like bodily, literally eat someone. Maybe that's why he never laughs on camera. I don't know. I think he's just not coked up enough anymore <laughs> to have fun and experience joy. The only time in his life he felt true joy was when he was just coked out of his mind. And he's probably too old for that now. Oh, man. Like, the the, the fact that it, all of these incredibly powerful people do this act of incredible predation in, like, close company with one another. And even uh, if they don't do it, like, tolerating it at the very least. Because even if, you know, you don't, if you can't bring yourself to believe that Bill Clinton fucked kids, which, if you can't, come on. Come on. But even if you don't believe that all of these people are directly involved in, pedophi- in pedophilia, it's just, like, how many people have allowed it to, like, fly, you know, have, have just found it acceptable. Have not, how have we not had more whistleblowers you know, um, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess we have like, yeah, I mean, th- th- yeah, there's the victims themselves speaking out, right. which are like, holy crap, the bravery there. Yeah. You know, I mean, the there's a very high likelihood that uh, Jeffrey Epstein was attacked by the Italian, The Rock, while in, in prison. Um, it, 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 That's I called Sicily. See- yeah. If you were somebody who's speaking out against like, this guy. F- like powerful people uh, raping you as a child. Like, there's a woman that's speaking out uh, at saying that she was raped at 13 by Donald Trump in Epstein's New York mansion. Jesus. Yeah. 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 It's, it's dark stuff. It's fucked up. It's... But, you know, not all is dark out there. You know, there's, there's sources of light and joy, you know, like our friends and some of our family and some of our communities. <laughs> You know, that, that we're in. And uh, speaking of communities, I believe you two both were uh, co-authors on an article that just got published in Real Life magazine, right? Yes, I believe you're right. true. Uh, please. Yeah, so, uh, so Real, li- <laughs> <laughs> Real Life magazine's, uh, um, uh, I, I'm an editor-at-large there, and uh, um, we, Brittany and I have both written there several times. And yeah, it's part of their Bad Metaphors series, uh, which just looks at all the different sorts of, well, metaphors that uh, order our lives. Uh, our, our friend Shelley wrote one on journeys. Yeah. So, like, you know, you go on your fitness journey. Oh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, or, the, or, uh, the selling of an experience yeah. as a commodity. Right, yeah. Or, or uh, uh, you know, your culinary journey, if, you know, you get, like, uh, one of those delivery boxes mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. of food or something <laughs> like that, you know. So we wrote, we wrote one on community. Yeah. Because community is actually bad. Community is canceled. <laughs> That is what the essay argues explicitly. Yeah. All of the communities. All yeah. of them. We, we, we basically wrote about how corporate entities, particularly big tech companies, but also all other types of either commercial entities or like nation states rely on the community metaphor to engender a sense of like shared interests and belonging that is not organic to that type of social structure. So for example, like Facebook 
likes to, as Mark Zuckerberg likes to call Facebook a community, but in reality, who, if you were to ask somebody, what communities do you feel most a part of, how many people would say Facebook? It's not a community is like an affective kind of bond where you are all invested in something together yeah. and you, you know, govern it in a way that is, is suitable to smaller social units. Yeah. And so then we sort of asked like, well, what exactly does this metaphor, what purpose does it serve for these entities? And we go into some of that. Yeah. You know, so the, back in the nineties, uh, Naomi Klein's first book, no logo, uh, talked about how, Big companies like Apple and Nike and Starbucks uh, found that they could spend a lot less money on overhead of actually making things if instead they just sort of contract with these uh, uh, manufacturers, usually in China, right? Uh, make make things fairly cheap. You know, name brand doesn't necessarily mean uh, well made anymore. And instead, you know, like you make a, a ostensibly okay product and then you put a bunch of money although still not as much money as in good manufacturing but you put in a decent amount of money into marketing and you figure out how to make people feel like the purchase of a nike shoe or a starbucks coffee says something about their identity right so the nike just do it you know makes you you know you're an athlete because you're buying a nike shoe or you are a cool urbanite uh that loves Nora jones because you uh, go to Starbucks or something like that. Nora Jones? Or is yeah, that the Nora author? Jones. Okay, yeah. No, wait. No, that's Nora Roberts. Nora Roberts is Nora the author. Roberts Nora is Jones. The author. I listened to a lot of Nora Jones in college. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah, yeah, Nora Jones is the musician, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So you she said that it right the first time. Yes, right? I did. Okay. <laughs> you can leave that in. <laughs> well, I plan to. I plan to. <laughs> yeah, so, and, uh, you know, so, and the social media companies are sort of a next level above that because uh, they're not selling coffee or shoes or computers right they're they are selling you right you're the product and so if you if they're the ones saying that you're being a part of a community then that's doing something really kind of interesting right it's actually sort of inflating the product in a huh. way it's doing something i think a little bit more well than the, just saying that you are a certain kind of person because you buy a certain kind of shoe yeah you are facebook's product but facebook is giving you a product, which is to entice you to be their product even further, well, right? Facebook is where your community happens. It's where all the people that you know are. Yeah. It's how you learn about events going yeah. on around you and stuff. I haven't had Facebook for like year. a year. Yeah. Um, and I am so happy that I don't have it anymore. Like it was a really kind of toxic source in my life, mm -hmm. but I miss out on everything. I, if I weren't married to somebody on Facebook, I don't think that I would ever see anybody ever again. Because I just don't know what's happening. That's incredibly relatable to me because I've been off Facebook for three years as well uh, for the, exactly the same reasons. And I have a similar problem because, <laughs> that, you know, I think, David, you're the one that uh, told me that quote. I don't know if this is of yours or not, but um, that uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and when these people... Um, they they don't want to be in an environment. They want to be the environment. They want to yeah. be the environment. And by by saying I want to be the environment in which you all navigate your social and personal online lives and constantly reap from the combination of data and ad revenue, that sounds a lot worse than saying 
we're all in a community that we've created and this is you know a community that we all share and yeah it's, it's like, not sexy to talk to like dear facebook users and to talk about like you know it's it's much it's a shorthand if to call something like facebook or like app you know the apple store is another example that we talk about in the essay um it's yeah where the, like the apple stores uh, uh this person has already come and went but when uh, uh they had a new vice president of uh, of sales where uh she wanted to make apple stores what they called like a town square i think and, and so the idea was that the apple store is a site of socialization and you might also buy something there but like they would have classes and performances and workshops and stuff there and and she said the quote was something like you know we will know we've succeeded when teenagers are asking each other like what's going on at apple today or something right. like that you know they're not weird yeah, yeah. that's what like, a sad that, world that would be that, if we like, all were just hanging out at the apple store right yeah oh. that was sort of the um utopian vision of the guy that uh created the mall he wanted the mall to be like the civic commons right, where yeah. people could gather to discuss politics and enjoy a coffee and like sort of spread them out so that sections of them were like really um, well uh, insulated from the environment and like, you know, and make it like really nice. And then as soon as I guess he was like working with like actual developers who were trying to do it, they're like, no, we want it to be like tight and like basically like a, a, a like a, uh, a retail cage that you can't escape yeah. and we want only uh retail activity to be there and we want to hire security officers to literally kick out anybody who's just like loitering and it, we're gonna fill it with filthy fucking fountains man mall fountains gross. so dirty man. yeah people I, got sick from those a lot but i loved going to the mall when i was a kid that was like the only place that i could like hang out and generally avoid getting hassled by except by like security. Like I'd try go, and go and just walk around, and people would get like sometimes you know sketched out just by having like a group of kids just like wandering around. Uh, yeah, no, I, I I always try to think of social media in that context, yeah. right? Because like you always people, there's always lots of no shortage of op eds that say you know like why are kids so sad and lonely? It's because they're online all the time. Well, no, it's because like they live in a in a neighborhood. Where, you know, like what you just described, Chris, is is the norm where you can't hang out with your friends anywhere except for, you know, your school's a prison or like Walmart or a mall or something. And even those places, right. you know, like you're you're always being chased away. Yeah. So you have to have these like really yeah. structured, surveilled uh, social interactions. And the only place that you, you can actually just hang out is, is increasingly online. And mm. And like, yes, kids, and they know that it's not ideal they would rather be probably face to face or mm. uh they or they at least know that like this is substituting for something else which is mm. not to say they're not they're not having a great time or it's somehow less real but it is somehow a little less ideal mm. i think than you know being able to do like the 1980s uh movie trope of like a bunch of kids getting on bicycles and like going to their their hangout or something like that you know yeah. like that uh uh, th those places just don't exist anymore. Like they've right. they've been policed out of the public sphere. Like kids are just but, like not allowed to be in the public sphere anymore. Yeah, I mean that that's very true. But there's it's still really cool whenever you see people do it anyway. Like oh, absolutely. Uh, when people yeah. like will will carve out like almost like not to be cliche or whatever, but like Taz's like little temporary autonomous zones <laughs> where they just yeah. completely. Uh, 
ignore like law and, and do whatever they're they're trying to do whether or not it, it, you know i'm not saying they're like running around killing and raping each other or anything i'm just saying like you know for example like complete like, anarchy yeah just yeah. like being able to set stuff up on property that you don't necessarily own that's like state-owned or whatever so there was a uh place called warside in worcester which was like a diy skate park that like my brother and a bunch of other like worcester punks built like themselves underneath uh one of the bridges in um uh worcester like it was right right by one of the bars like the dive bar that i used to go and drink at around the time that they were well it well it was in existence i think it was a long project probably starting like 15 years ago maybe uh, maybe a little bit less than that but um it ended up getting demolished um because it was one of those spots that people could do whatever and therefore it attracted heroin addicts and other as like a space you know that's covered from the rain and yeah. you know um and there's like people around and stuff um that's why all of the like i i we went to skate parks when i was in high school but they all charged you had to pay yeah. money to get in yeah. usually it wasn't that much yeah um and i think it was only like a couple bucks if you didn't have a skateboard yeah if you just wanted to come hang out they clearly just wanted like the girlfriends to come hang out which was what we did um and I hated it because all the all the skateboarders would go really fast, and it would freak me out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's this is exactly the, the I'm like ty- a cat. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a good example of um, uh, a uh, a space where you can go that isn't just like yeah. hyper commercialized, absolutely, and like kids can just be kids. You know, there's a great book uh, by the geographer Don Mitchell, who I think is at Syracuse, and not, uh, you know, close by here, uh, called "The Right to the City: Social Justice and the Fight for Public Space." That uh, covers, I think it's Berkeley. It's been a long time since I read that book, but it, it's about a, a place called People's Park in Berkeley. And it's, you know, it's a lot like that sort of informal skate park. It, you know, it's just a place where people t- came together to make uh, a public place uh, that wasn't uh, very obviously owned by any one person, and uh, and developers constantly trying to like buy it up and 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 turn it into and sanitize it. And where was this? It, it, it's in Berkeley. Oh, interesting. People's Park in Berkeley, but but Don Mitchell is uh, at least, last I checked uh, at Syracuse. He's he's he does some really great stuff also, and I think now his new work is on community policing. There's community again. Nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> really, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you just yeah, slap but, a community in front of policing, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's fine. It's yeah. like, it's no, like, it's it's just like a better snitch network. Yeah. Like that's what community <laughs> policing is: is well, like developing sources and making sure that the kids will like tell will like tell on each yeah. other to the cop. Like that's that's what community. We can't is. have crony capitalism. We have to have community, community capitalism. capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, but so like the way we end the essay is essentially that you know maybe we don't probably want more community. We want a just society right. because communities, while the, you know we've described all the good, you know people can already tell what the good stuff is. You know, when you say community, lots of nice things show up in your head, but communities are also like really regimented. Uh, surveilled places and there's lots of barriers to outsiders like by design because otherwise if it wasn't if there weren't like lots of things ex- excluded then it wouldn't be special right because then it would just be everywhere else yeah yeah you you need you need to have a gate to have gatekeeping yeah you need you know right for a community to feel meaningful for, for people i think it has to be yeah everybody has to be invested in it mm. in a way that they like they have an interest in making it better and making sure that it stays the best that it can mm. and doing the work to maintain that because that is work. Now, uh, sorry to interrupt. Uh, no, go but, ahead. But does community also entail people who are like terrible? 
Like, is it sort of like families? Like, you can't pick your family. You can't pick necessarily your community. Like, you might be able to. Yeah, I think anybody who's ever been involved in like local activism will know that. Yeah, yeah, you have to keep the shitty ones. Yeah. So if you're talking about like say the Troy (laughs) community, right? I can imagine that actually being like a real space and group of bodies and souls, and they're all you know working and interacting with each other. But they fist fight and they shoot at each other and they hit each other with cars and get in, So you, know, you think that the city of Troy is a community? Potentially. I don't know. That's like, it, it, yeah, I, mean, like it, I, I can imagine it. Like, I, it, when I think of it in the sense of a community, it's like, I, I guess it depends on, on the, the, the use of the term. You know, you know what I mean? Like, if you were to say, hey, we're going to ask the community, like, what does that mean? Like, that, that means like, right. like so talk here's, to community leaders. That's like, actually the crux of it, yeah. is that it's not... A problem. It's not even necessarily wrong for us to think of Troy as a community, but when the mayor, for example, stands up and says our community doesn't support X, that let's say just to throw out a possible example, let's just say I don't know, Troy wanted to become a sanctuary city. What? And <laughs> the president of the city council said that this community does not want this. That's the sort of weaponization of the idea of community that is that is what makes it. Um, dangerous and something that we should protect mm. like we you should be suspicious of in my opinion i'm the fear monger you should yeah. be suspicious of anything that tries to to paint you as a member of a community when you can look to your left and your right and feel like no kinship with any of these people mm. but but adolf reed would agree with you there right right, right? yeah it's like he uh we cite him a couple times in the piece and and he's very uh suspicious of references to the quote-unquote black community right because uh, that those are usually uh, or invoke invoking the black community scare quotes around that is usually done by white people to create this um, space for a leader, right? And, and usually a leader that they choose, right? So you have like a like you know like a socially conservative Al Sharpton type, right? Like the, right. like no one elected Al Sharpton to be the leader of black people, right? <laughs> you know, like, uh, right. That's just a thing that happens because you keep invoking the idea of a black community and like, well, communities have community leaders and well, who are, who are these leaders? It's people that everyone's already heard of before. And then, and you can just sort of like pick your loyal opposition mm-hmm. to white supremacy. Right. And, and uh, you, you have to sort of forge the concept of a consensus yeah. where there probably isn't. So it's not necessarily that any organization that, that purports to work on behalf of a community, whether it's the Facebook community or the black community, it's not always done with ill intent. It's just a, not a recognition of how these more complex social units actually function, that, that we don't deal with like struggle and disagreement the same way at a societal level as we do at a community level. I, and getting those mixed up can result in, yeah, you know, it, stakeholders it, who are actually relying on these organizations to maintain space in a... Yeah. yeah. Or There's you, no accountability, or, essentially. Yeah. Or you have issues like, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg... Uh, or uh, Jack Dorsey of Twitter, right? You know, like if you have like Nazis on the platform, you go, whoa, 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 hold on, guys. You know, like I know you're angry and you disagree with them, but as a as the leader of this community, the Twitter community, the Facebook community, right? We're going to figure out how to work this out together as a community, and we're going to develop right? community guidelines community and standards. users are going to have to abide by these community yeah. standards. Blah blah blah. You have been found in violation of Twitter's community. Yeah, yeah. so it's so yeah. It, it sounds like a group of people like trying to work out a problem amongst themselves when in fact it is a for-profit company that needs to maximize views for for ad revenue, 
trying to walk the line between living in a white supremacist country where that stuff is immensely popular right. and and it gets a lot of engagement and the a bunch of people that are put in direct danger of because those things exist right and and the 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 owner of that company is trying to figure out how to do both uh and they're legally obligated to do the fiduciary responsibility of increase ad revenue but you know that doesn't that's not a community leader and that's not coming up with the community standards that's a uh the ceo it's doing whatever you have yeah. to do to maximize your your ad revenue yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's, which it's... also includes keeping you know users which means keeping some modicum of like order and you know to sense of, of justice you know like the whole twitter jail system i like i've, I've recently <laughs> yeah you're in uh, twitter jail. yeah well, in a short short uh short amount of Twitter jail uh, for telling uh, uh, Labor Secretary Acosta at the time uh, to eat shit and die um, because he was um, on tw uh, Twitter tweeting about how horrible Jeffrey Epstein's crimes were and that he's so happy that uh, there's new evidence uh, that might uh, convict him when he's known to be the very person that you know created the sweetheart deal. So I'm, I'm glad you're out of Twitter jail, but I wish we would have waited longer to get these free Chris t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't think we have to wear them every time we record. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I really like them. So you know, they're soft. They're, they're soft. very soft. So like, I might want the community standards to allow someone who has done something so heinous to be told to eat shit and die, and that not be uh, a punishable offense. You know, if uh, like, what do you think it would be like if community standards on these platforms or whatever were, say, just direct democracy, like votes on specific policy, like uh, uh, amendments or whatever. I actually, Would early in grad school, I did this um, project on adversarial design and... Shout out Carl DeSalvo. Shout out Carl DeSalvo. Uh, I, I think I'm definitely going to get this wrong because it's been many a year, but it was essentially about... I My goal was to build a subreddit that would be based on agonistic like argumentation, which is... Basically, like, am I the asshole? You, you kind of. That. It's like a friendly, <laughs> the, it's like a friendly subreddit? adversarial. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of like debate, you know. But it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of like crit. So, well, others like you crit. It's oh yeah. Crit, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. It's very adversarial, um, it. but in a way that's not supposed to be like uh, vicious, like based on you know personal attacks, and it's just about really like picking apart your opponent's ideas. And um, DeSalvo writes about that in terms of like design, like, like that designing things, just making environments that, um, that do the similar thing. So anyway, I tried to make a subreddit, but I didn't, in order to do a lot of the things that I needed to do, I needed to know more coding than I do know, which would be literally any, like if I knew half a code, I would know more coding <laughs> than I do now. Zero. Um, zero. <laughs> you but, learn coding. Uh, yeah, no, and I, I have friends who are learning to code. I know I can do it. I, don't, I really don't want to. Yeah. But I really didn't think I wanted to learn audio engineering either. And then when I learned what little I know now, I actually had a lot of fun. So who knows? Hell yeah. But you so um, how far along did you get in uh, forming the subreddit? Not, I, with, I made like, the subreddit um, and I don't even remember what it's called anymore. And then I just wrote the rest of the paper as in theory. And he was fine with it because he didn't know fuck all about Reddit. He, he really just wanted to make sure I had a decent literature review. Yeah, so, but I, I do think that, so going back to what you originally brought up, I think that there are certain, Reddit is a great place, I think, to kind of hash out what is and is not a community and what levels it can occur at. Because mm -hmm. again, community is not like a dichotomy. It's not that something either is or isn't. It's that certain social units behave 
in more or less these recognizable patterns, these ways that make us feel the same, you know, there are, there are tons of subreddits that very much are based on a community model of functioning. Like people are invested in it. For me, a big element of community is being able to like exchange services and sometimes even goods without the expectation of direct exchange, like direct compensation. I'll do mm-hmm. this for you. Like yeah, you know, transactional. Um, yeah. The gift I, our, our very easy example is like your neighbor will loan you a cup of sugar, but a grocer won't. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so there are tons of subreddits that are small enough that have, you know, a, a coherent kind of worldview, beliefs that they believe in. And that's really cool to see that. And you can actually see how it manifests in terms of the way that they govern themselves. Like usually in those kinds of places, moderators are held to more account. If users don't like the way something's being done, they they speak up and somebody oftentimes even listens to them. Imagine yeah. that. And then they send out surveys and they say, you know, users say that they want to have this rule. What do you think about this rule? Yeah, that's ha- not going to happen in like the big subreddits. Like, yeah. our picks is not a community. Our sciences does a pretty good job of at least like uh, regulating the um, uh, uh, individual threads that like make it to the front page that I check out from time to time. But then you have other, you know, uh, subreddits like the Donald. You know, it's like where where you, they seem to be somewhat functioning like you know like a, a community that just happened to be a community that like i find reprehensible and i think the donald platform, is, you know? is more but, is much more like a community than even a lot of the liberal subreddits yeah frankly like, like they, they've got it's, a very uh um homogeneous uh type of uh, mentality and like they're very uh supportive of one another yeah <laughs> yeah well and, and this is like the ultimate irony of all this community talk on on social media platforms right is that especially in reddit they talk about community a lot and they even call like you go to the about page on Reddit and they don't say subreddit. They say communities. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, but um, when you actually look at the at the subreddits that actually act like communities, they are more likely to be the ones that get quarantined or banned. Like they, they actually don't want community. They want like these sort of default pick or uh, videos, subreddits. He's like, those are sort of the default. They're the easy things to like start to consume and get it onto mm-hmm. the platform with. Well, Reddit is, but as like it's worth saying again, Reddit has exactly one concern and one yeah. goal, and that is to make as much money as possible. Yeah. So, in communities in which there is a lot of hostility to an outside group, like you do, people get heated. And so, lots of like very left wing subreddits that I would say are very much communities, tight knit communities. Uh, get quarantined because, or or banned because they say, you know, stuff about killing rich people and cops. R.I.P. And full so, communism. R.I.P. full communism. So, you know, I, I think that that, it's not so much, no, Reddit doesn't want communities because they're harder, because it's harder to govern. But they will allow all kinds of communities to flourish so long as it doesn't interfere with their revenue model. And the second that something does, that's when they spring into action. That's why the Donald got quarantined. It was because they got a bunch of bad press and they didn't, you know, I'm sure that somebody in some back room said, you're not advertising my bras on the Donald. And then that only has to happen with like 200 internet companies before it means anything. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like like all of those subreddits uh, devoted to Game of Thrones were all like looking to like destroy the showrunners D and D right. And, and none of those got quarantined, even though they were like, you know, directing not like violence, but at least harassment toward these dudes at Comic-Con, 
but they didn't get quarantined. No. Right? You know, because it's like... I, it's prob- because Reddit yeah. hates D&D as much as any of us. Yeah. Those. And also, Fuck like, th- th- I, if, I'm, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of, like... didn't care. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so if I'm putting, my sh- putting myself in the shoes of, like, uh, the ad... Uh, uh, vi- the vi- vice president of marketing at Think Geek or something. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm definitely going to advertise against that. He's like, that that's fucking hilarious. And there, and it's definitely people who are really engaged with the with the world or you know the universes. So like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to advertise against them. That makes sense. Right. Well, and those tend to be very active subreddits. Like they, yeah. you know, a lot of engagement. Which is also why, like, the thing that is never talked about with like fake news stuff. Right. It's like every, Facebook always just wants to like sort of label things as fake news. And when they do have all of these actual tools to know bad actors when they see them. But these are also the sources of content that get the most engagement, like by far. And so they don't want to get rid of a lot of these because like that's what I mean. It you, drives their numbers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you look that. at what's on Facebook now and it's just like angry dads with mercury po- poisoning saying that like the the. <laughs> that their pickup truck looks different and it's probably because of the immigrants, you know, <laughs> like they just say like, it's like crazy things, you know, and, and like, or like bots trying to sell, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, strings of text on t-shirts, you know, like that's all Facebook is now is, you know, just like all these bizarre, uh, com- half computer generated ads and angry suburbanites. And, <laughs> and like four-year-old memes yeah yeah I, I, four-year-old memes. I appreciate knowing what i'm missing and yeah right yeah yeah like you're I'm missing not... a lot you, <laughs> you get an update every now and again yeah and so like when i go onto the facebook account that i still have that provides no joy to me whatsoever it's really just like all troy's uh neighborhood communities groups, <laughs> communities uh you know groups the, these facebook groups that are just people like taking pictures of minor children you know of, of children and saying like uh, I I saw them touch a mailbox. I think they stole my Amazon packages. And they're just like, well, did they? And they're like, no, I have it, but I thought they did, and I think I should call the cops. And they and then and they're all just like crowdsourcing how to harass like fourteen year olds over the summer, and like that's that's all Facebook is now. You know, we could target that community as a demographic, and we could sell them a product where it's Google Glass. But when you give a real scrunch face, anytime you see like a kid, you know, like, uh, like Existing. rapping out loud, like walking down the sidewalk <laughs> with headphones in, um, and it just snaps a picture and then uploads it to Nextdoor. <laughs> Automatically. Yeah. Uh, Nextdoor is all ads for me. I, I've, I've installed and uninstall that every once in a while just to see what the reactionaries are doing. And it's all, it's either, a few ads, it's, it's either not. an actual ad or it's someone saying like my, my grandson and his, uh, and his cousin started a asphalt, uh, like driveway ceiling company. And we really hope that you would check us out. Yeah. They, they are good Christian boys. I'll tell you what, I get about 40 emails a day and half of them are from next door and the other half are from bernie sanders how do that motherfucker wants my money he is thirsty (laughs) he wants my money so bad and those are just the emails i get notified that he sends me you know how many go to spam bernie quit emailing me nine times a day you're killing me yeah i i I still think cardi b is what a girl wants should be bernie sanders uh, campaign (laughs) song Yo, I can't wait for that interview. Um, I heard, oh, saw yeah, I that, that they, they sat down together, yeah. and I saw the, the tweet, and I went looking for the interview. And you know that you know they're masters of the hype. 
they got me already looking for something that isn't even released yet. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I really liked the Killer Mike uh, Bernie Sanders interview last um, yeah. election season. That that was really good. Uh, so yeah, communities. Can't live Ooh, with them, good. can't live without them. Am I right? <laughs> Take my community, please. Uh, uh, but yeah, if you would, if you care to read it, it's a... Uh... What's it called? Uh, it, it's it's just called Bad Metaphors. Bad Metaphors. Community. Community. Just, you just uh, go to... It's on real, our Twitters. Yeah. 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 You go find it. But yeah. It's, like, it's pinned to the top of my... It's such, Oh, you know right what? Now. No. We'll put it in the show notes. And we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> oh, We're going to make this so easy <laughs> yeah. for you guys to just like read our content. Oh, man. All right. What do we got up next? Well, what's... what's you grew transitions. No. What else do we want to talk about? Well, well, just hard, make a I hard did, left. I did want to talk about this really sad case of yeah, well, Daniel Denoyer. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's um, important. And he was a he was a 29 year old father of two from Saratoga, so up kind of by us. And he he missed a twenty dollar payment on his health insurance, just like a kind of like just an accounting error. It wasn't even like he didn't have the money; he just missed the payment and didn't know. And his uh, his insurance got canceled for thirty days, and he was denied. Uh, his prescription for psychiatric medication. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that it led to that chain of events where he was actually denied the medication that he was set up on so such that if he was denied, he was probably going to have a mental breakdown. Right. That's tragic. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. I'm on two uh, psychiatric medications that if I lost complete access to them for more than a couple of days, I would be in pretty big trouble. Like I would be in very big trouble. And our insurance, even though it's not very good, it you know, like we picked it for medications, and it goes from like three hundred dollars to four dollars. Exactly. Yeah. That's you know, if if like recently the CVS has been knocking my insurance information out somehow in their computer on accident. And they say it's just like we know it's a mistake in the computer and we can't do anything about it. So the just every third time you <laughs> yeah. come to CVS, you just need to go to the pickup window and we need to re-input all of your insurance information again. Literally the best system on the, the planet. The first time it happened to me, I go to pick up my scripts as always every month, and she's like, um, "So that's going to be three hundred and fifty dollars," and I. That poor woman, like, I must have gone white as a ghost. I was like, what are you talking about? This is the... And they had to run it back through. Yeah. It scared the shit out of me, though. If I had to... We need Medicare for all. I'm, I can't really wrap my mind around why people are so adversarial to Medicare for all, except for if they are in on the take of the private insurance industry. I just well, don't Well, I can tell really you why. People, people think that their taxes will go up. They will. And they aren't convinced that they will um, get the same level of health care uh, on par with what they have for less than the amount that their taxes will go up. That's the pure, simple calculus for a lot of people's minds. And is it that they don't trust the American government to do it right by them, but in the same way that other countries have been able to demonstrate at least as successful of a program as they have well not many other fate? countries the... actually have exactly what bernie is proposing i mean a lot of like scandinavian countries do but like the uk their nhs system you can still have private insurance that's what i think a lot of people who are um really invested in like significant health care reform but aren't for medicare for all is that there you can't have private insurance and that freaks a lot of people out Interesting. What about Canada? What's their system like? Do they have a private insurance system as well? You can have supplementary insurance. You you just it has to be your main insurance. But yeah, people have supplementary insurance in both of those places. Do you think that a public option would work 
Do you think, you know, because... Yeah. Or like a public option. Yeah. Not, As not opposed Medi- to Medicare, Medicare for All. For all. I yeah, think yeah. that fucking anything is better than what we have now. Yeah, I yeah. support Medicare for All. I support Bernie Sanders. I want Medicare for All, but... I am not convinced that even if he did get elected, he could make it happen. But I do think that if he got elected, we could make something happen. Yeah. So this I'm, is a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain the way that it works now is that like insurance companies all just negotiate at a rate above or below what Medicare already pays for different services and, and drugs. Uh, but Medicare can't uh, negotiate very much. So it's so the, the baseline is is fucked to begin with. And so, like, if if you had a single payer system that where like a public system competed with a bunch of private ones, it you know like there is still lots of room for that could be good or to be good or bad, right? So if Medicare still can't negotiate for prescription drug prices, then it's still probably going to suck. But so they just like underfunded or something. Like, is there a way? Yeah, of course. There's like all sorts of austerity things you can do and just like sabotage it from the get. As with any public, publicly funded service or project, um, if rich people can buy a way out, it's never going to be good. Unless you make rich people have to use it, it's not going to stay good. That's why whenever Mm. you drive down a highway that used to just be a regular highway and now it's a toll road where you can pay like ten dollars to drive in the fancy lane. Look at their lane and look at the lane that you're driving on, and that is what all of this kind of um, that's, that's what it creates is a, an escape hatch for people who have enough money. And so that's the logic behind not allowing private insurance to compete with a, with a nationalized model. That's so, why I want my taxes to pay for also, Donald Trump's well, insurance. The other, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And the other Healthcare. part of it is, and this goes similarly for the uh, publicly funded college argument is that a lot of the cost savings comes in cutting down all the bureaucracy and the red tape that is created by this massively complex insurance system. So you're not now that's a big problem for a lot of people will probably lose their jobs mm. if those, you know, if, if those market conditions change greatly but a lot of people will also have be saving more money because they won't be like in not only will they be saving more money they won't be in massive debt so they'll be able to like actually be consumers again which in this shitty capitalist society we live under everybody has to be able to be a consumer yeah so you know there but but that's part of where the savings comes from is like just getting rid of all of this needless paperwork that gunks up the medical industry so anyway that's part of why you have to have a, a system in which everybody is 100% invested in. Like there is no, unless you want to fly to Spain or something like we get, we all get the same healthcare, but I don't think that's ever going like, to, I don't see that ever happening in this country. I just don't. Well, I don't know. I, I, I have, I want it to happen. I, yeah, I like to I want it to happen. That, that, I have to believe that. It, that I it support will. anybody who says yeah. they will make it happen. Yeah. And I'm just curious to see if they're right. Yeah, I'd like, love I, to see it. If, 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 uh, if Sir Bernard could make it happen. Yeah, I think eventually they'll end the national war on uh, weed that's put tons and tons of people in Well, know, New York State bondage. won that war today, my friend. Oh, yeah. Legal weed <laughs> in New York State, right? Uh, they well, did it? Uh, it's not actually legal, right? It's just decriminalized. <sighs> yeah, so... How the fuck did we manage to not get this done? Like, it, how does a blue state with state government full of fucking Democrats, yeah, full I of get, people who, like... 
It was my understanding that the state legislature couldn't agree on what to do with like the billions and dollars of tax new tax revenues. They couldn't decide what to do with all their money. Yeah. So yeah. they said. Oh, and also expunging records. Let's not get that money. So there, there was there was a bunch of uh, issues. So yeah, the the record expungement uh, process of people going from uh, being you know marked as criminals to not, um, as well as there was a big equity push because uh, there was a lot of like. You know, the reason we're doing this is to, uh, you know, stop hurting the uh, communities, uh, typically uh, people of color and low income that have been on the uh, brunt end of the war on drugs, which is now being acknowledged on every politician's lips as a failure. And but the details of actually how to deconstruct that, you know, uh, criminal justice complex, you know, is, you know, essentially one of the things that they were talking about and then how they do the dispensaries and who is going to make money and all of like the nitty gritty details right. there were huge disagreements, disagreements yeah. with. So there was this thing, um, I think it was like the N, uh, MCRA or something, um, but it was uh, a law that had been many, many years in the works uh, from local advocates for uh, reform of marijuana legislation. And it was uh, going to make it similar to uh, Massachusetts, where people could grow in their homes. And it was going to uh, allow for uh, like a widespread uh, network of production and distribution. And Cuomo's bill that he was uh, coming up with was informed from a lobbyist group of like big weed. And these are like companies. Mm, I both, love big weed. You know, it, I want the it, biggest weed. Yeah, it already exists in Canada and California and everywhere else that has had a head the start. legal marijuana industry. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. You and, can already trade stocks on the New York Stock Exchange of like yeah. uh, of legal weed companies. Don't it, we? It, so, Maybe. <laughs> uh, and so the the thing that uh, was that was one of the major sticking points was home grow. And the lobbyists were saying that you can't have home grow because that will continue the black market. But the black market is the exact same people that the government's saying they need to stop the war on drugs on. And um, like the idea was that the cops, you know, police benevolent association, you know, lobbied and said, well, you can't have home grow because then cops can't tell the difference between legal and illegal weed. And I'm sitting there reading this and like tearing my hair out being like, you dumb motherfuckers. The point is to eliminate the category of illegal weed within the state. And you can still... Well, that's your point, but that's not their point. But that, that should be the point because, like, beer isn't illegal, but it's illegal for kids to drink. So it's still a controlled substance. It's just not prohibited. And so you have a, a situation where if you have a, 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 a seed land in your backyard from somebody who just throws their, you know, seedy uh, joint or something into your, your yard. And it grows and it, that you can go to jail. I did that in college. Like the, I put all my, I put all my mid seeds in a, in a planter outside my friend's dorm. Yeah. And they grew up into little pot plants and she got kind of pissed off at me. Yeah. Sorry, Shelly. And it's just, it's, it's so silly also on its face. They're either like, oh, well, it'll keep crime rates up and blah, blah, blah. And every, or, or whatever. Um, it's like, well, you, first off, you're eliminating a whole category of crime. So you're already going to drop the quote-unquote crime rate because you're going to stop enforcing something that shouldn't have been a crime in the first place. And yeah, but you do see that that's part of the big problem with this, right? That, yeah. That it'll directly conflict with the like prison industrial yeah. system yeah. that pays all of these politicians. Yeah. And in the Empire State, all their campaigns, it's like, going to be tough to like actually get it to pass. 
even though there is a Democratic majority in the state Senate and we have a Democratic governor who's the big boss in New York. And he's saying, like, we need to legalize weed. And at yeah, the same time... at least time, he didn't run for president. Thank yeah. God he didn't fucking run yeah, for president. Yeah, I guess he's going to run for, like, vice president with Joe Biden, right? <laughs> That's what I'm imagining. But then, it, but I mean, like, having a vice president from New York is you know, completely useless, you know, it's like you, you, for a Democrat, right? Because the point of a vice president pick is to like carry some constituency. And if you already have New York, then it's like, you know, Democrats were going to win New York anyway. Like you want to get them, you know, get like a, like a Florida governor or something. Man, you guys remember Tim Kaine? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. So on the bright side, this should be, Hopefully this I'll get this up tomorrow for National Orgasm Day. Oh, some iron, uh, some wildflowers. We are going to try to get this up. You're going to try to get it up for, for National, National Orgasm, Orgasm Day. Day. Cool. Uh, Wednesday, July 31st. Um, National Orgasm it's Day. Nas- I don't see why it should be. I think it should be International Orgasm Day. Yeah. Orgasmers of the world unite. Who's coming up with these, 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 lose, these national holiday dates? Do they have to like register them with the government? That's a great question. <laughs> I have no idea. I always I, assumed that they were like industry groups. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the government recognizes National Orgasm <laughs> Day. Like, I don't but think it it's should. a federal holiday yet. Someday. Someday. Yeah. Otherwise, if Bernie Sanders were president, he would recognize it. Yeah. He, he, he would ceremonialize <laughs> it and he'd be like, and on the week with uh, National Orgasm Day, we're going to have... Two periods. <laughs> We're going to have double periods of sexual education. Why do 5% of Americans have 90% of the orgasms? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think I really like National Orgasm Day for no other reason than um, I think that... The food. Yeah, it really is the food for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope my, my hope is for like more young women to learn how to orgasm because I think a lot of like little boys have their hands in their pants all the time. And it's not like nobody really seems to think of it as a big deal. But little girls like it's and even all the way up through being a young woman, it's just sort of taboo to understand your own body. So for National Orgasm Day, I hope all of you one by yourself and one with maybe somebody watching you. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope a, a, hall, a hallmark like maybe has a card. They should want to watch you though. Not oh yeah they, yeah. They don't don't, choose to watch don't, you. don't don't pull a Louis C.K. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> yes, uh, don't you. jack thank off you. on the bus, please. <laughs> <laughs> We do not endorse that position. Uh, I'm, just, I'm imagining like like a, like a Garfield themed Hallmark card, or it's just like, oh no, it's Monday. Well, no, it's, it hits on a Wednesday, doesn't it? Yeah, it's on a Wednesday. Mm. It's Hump Day. National, National it's orga- Hump Day. Ah! Come on. I was, I was about to say National Orgasm Day hits different on a Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like some sort of uh, uh, Garfield uh, card that says like National Orgasm Day. Uh, you know, like. Eat some lasagna. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of something. Uh, maybe. Uh... I'm just thinking of all these. Like, I, uh, I'm thinking of all these normie car- uh, comics and cartoon uh, characters. Now I'm thinking of Kathy. Remember Kathy? Ack! Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she always seemed like real, real horny, or at least like <laughs> extremely pent up. Like had a lot of sexual energy that she couldn't get out. Maybe it's like sort of the the uh, <sighs> Elaine from Seinfeld haircut or something. She's just like, I don't know. It just seems like all like so full of sexual energy and can't get it out. 
Uh, so I really hope, uh, you know, like you maybe... hope Kathy has the big she, O today she, or she, tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Well, today, she ended up getting married you, in the strip. Today. She like she she finally found somebody. Oh yeah, she did. She did get yeah. Well, I just hope that like the, you know like her like maybe there's some sort of card out there someday where where Kathy like wishes you a happy National Orgasm Day. You know, for the people who don't usually you know get get an orgasm. <laughs> I made I made National Orgasm Day kind of sad. You did, and it's a wildflower. <laughs> David, it's a wildflower. It's supposed to be a nice. Uh, all right. Well, I guess that's it. Um, all right. Happy Boston to, from Ironweeds. Plug. We got a Twitter account, Ironweeds Pod. We got an Instagram account, Ironweeds Pod. You're noticing a theme. We have Ironweeds Pod at Gmail. So if you have oh, yeah. a, you know any stories you want to uh, talk about, you know. Um, you can uh, share your National Orgasm Day uh, experience. Oh. <laughs> Only I'll, if they're yeah, really well, yeah, saucy. Yeah, Only yeah. if they're real saucy. If you're if you're a good writer, you know, <laughs> and, and provide lots of you know evocative. Nah, nah, it's alright. No, yeah. Send us your <laughs> send us your creepy uh, your creepy sex scenes. Your yeah. fanfic, yeah. your slash fic is especially appreciated. And the- if you want to buy us a coffee, you can go on buymeacoffee.com slash ironweedspod. Yeah, and you could give us two $5 coffees, and that will equal one hammy. I don't know if you can. I'm, I Yeah, one hammy. Make two different accounts I don't know. And, and, and hit $5 on one, $5 it on the other. It is a little weird. Just give us three bucks. It'd be great, because we actually fucked up. We, we, <laughs> it took us so long. We had a recording malfunction. Should we share this with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, audience. Yeah. We had a recording malfunction where we talked for like over an hour, and none of it got recorded. And then that happened again for another like half hour. So this is this is hard. I could use three bucks, right? I could use a beer. Is what yeah, I could use. yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Let's go watch the debates. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Let's go, go watch, watch a, a Bernie Sanders acknowledge National Orgasm Day on national television. <sighs> we can only hope. All right. Well, Bye. Happy Boston. Happy, happy Boston. Boston. <laughs> Peace.